So I need a little bit more help before I jump into my sermon here. Um, One of the privileges of being a pastor at Fort Street Presbyterian is that we get the opportunity to pray before the Detroit Free Press Marathon. And, you know, I was thinking about, like, what would I say to this group of people, the the city of Detroit, all of these runners, you know, when it's like 6.30 in the morning and they're only thinking about the race ahead. And so I decided that I, I wanted to delegate this out, actually, to you all. And so if you would help me with this prayer by sending me an email with just a line, something that you might say to those runners, a blessing you want them to have, something that you would pray over them. I want to include that in my prayer. So if you want to participate, you know, no, no pressure if you don't want to, but just, just a line, just a word, whatever it is, if you want me to include something in that prayer, just let me know. And those that are listening online, you too, you could drop something in the comments section if you'd like. Um, we would love to have your participation in that. So what would you pray to a group of crazy people that are about to go run 26 miles straight? Just think about that. Our text for today comes to us from Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 27. Listen now for the word of the Lord. And as Jesus was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I've kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. This is God's word to us. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Good and loving God, thank you for this time together. And Lord, thank you for these stories. I pray that whatever words and wisdom we would hear from them would come from you and not from me. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, friends, I think the rich young ruler is someone we would all want to be. And I, I just did a poll during the time for the child inside all of us, and I saw a lot of hands raised that said, yeah, I'd, I'd want to be rich, or yeah, I'd want to be young, or yeah, I wish I had more power in the world. As I was thinking about this text this week, I was like, gosh, that's, those are all of my aspirations for my daughter, right? This is the thing that you want. You want her to grow up and have what she needs and maybe a little bit more, and you want her to keep her youth, and, and you want her to have some power in the world so she can do good and she can bring justice, right? We want to be a version of the rich young ruler, or we hope those closest to us become a version of the rich young ruler. He has some real power in the world. He likely has everything he could want or need. Standing in the community. And yet, it's not enough. He still doesn't have everything that he desires. There's something going on inside of his heart and he feels an emptiness. He feels an anxiety. He feels something is missing. The wealth, the riches, they're not working to fix this. The youth is not working to fix it. And the power that he has accumulated, it's, it's not working either. And What do you do? What do you do when you have everything and you're still missing something? One of the questions that I had this week about this text was, why does he go to Jesus? Now, a lot of you might be thinking, well, of course he would go to Jesus. I would take a question like that to Jesus. Jesus, I have everything that I want, but I still don't, still don't have what I want. What do I do about that? But Jesus then is not the Jesus that we think of now. I mean, he is, but his reputation is different. Jesus is this rebel prophet teacher that's working outside of the temple. Jesus is uh, actually wanted by the religious authorities at this point. He's on his way to Jerusalem at, at this point in Mark. Jesus is not, <laughs> at least I, I, I don't think, I, I don't know if he'd be the first person you would think of at that time to go and to answer this question, but for the rich young ruler, he is. And I wondered why. Why go to the one that isn't doing anything the way that he should be doing it? And I, I really don't have a good answer. Maybe because he just thought Jesus would answer the question. Maybe he had exhausted all of his options. He had gone to the temple authorities. He had talked to the priests. He had talked to the scribes, and no one wanted to answer his questions. Or maybe they couldn't answer his questions. Or maybe they didn't believe in an afterlife. So the text says that he finds Jesus as Jesus is on his way out of town, going on a journey. And what I found really interesting about this is that the, the text says that the rich young ruler finds Jesus and then kneels before him. 
He takes the posture of a beggar, someone asking for something. I, I can't do it in my robes. I, I tried to do that at my last call, and I, I fell over. So, I, But you know what kneeling looks like, right? He gets down on his, on his hands and knees, and he asks Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the sense that I get from the text, and, and I... I might be reading this wrong. I, I don't think I am, though. The sense I get from the text is Jesus is going on a journey, right? He's, he is walking somewhere, and this person comes up and kneels before him, and, and I think Jesus just keeps walking. I don't think Jesus has much time for him at this point. I think Jesus keeps going, and he might, he might kind of stop, and he says, why do you call me good? You know no one's good except for God. And you know what to do, too. You know how to inherit eternal life. Keep the commandments. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't defraud people. Honor your father and mother. And then I think Jesus keeps walking. And then the man says something that catches Jesus' attention. He says, Teacher, I've done all these things since my youth. I've done all these things since my youth. And then Mark tells us that Jesus stops. And now, looking at him, sees him and loves him. And then delivers maybe the most devastating line of this whole parable. (laughs) And that is, one thing you lack. Go sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven, and then come, follow me. This is definitely not what the rich young ruler <laughs> wants to hear, right? Go sell everything you have, come, and follow me. I think the rich young ruler realizes at this point that the thing that's missing in him is not something that's going to go away easily. And I think a lot of things had probably come very easily to him. I mean, when you're rich, money makes things happen, right? And if you have power that goes along with that, I mean, you can make a lot of things happen. And if you're young and you look pretty good, you can impress people. You can persuade. But this thing is not something he can buy. It's not something he can take. It's something that he desires that actually is going to require him to give. He's going to have to give something away to get something in return. It's not a concept he's familiar with. And you can read the end of this story how, however you want. It's, it's wide open for all of the possibilities, but the text tells us that he was disheartened by the saying And he went away sorrowful because he had a great many possessions.
I'd be sad if I heard that. (laughs) I have to sell everything that I have and give it to the poor and then go and follow this rebel prophet teacher that's being chased around by the religious authorities? Oh, I don't know about that, Jesus. That's a hard word. Part of me wanted to get up here and, pre- and preach about this, how we need to do that. We've got to answer this call of Jesus, but I don't know how I can tell you all to do that when it'd be really hard for me to do that myself. Go sell everything you have and follow Jesus? What does that even mean? And I really don't know at this point. Check back in three years when we come back to the text and I might have an answer, but... So I called a friend this week and I asked him, I said, hey, I got a few thoughts on the rich young ruler text in Mark. What do you, what do you have for me? And he's great. He's a, he's a pastor in Nashville, Tennessee, and he's one of those people that just thinks really quick on your feet. Do you have friends like that that just, they're so quick and witty, and you look at them and you just think like, gosh, how did you get that gift? And where was I when they were handing that out, <laughs> you know? He, he is this person in my life. He just seems to always know. And, and he said almost immediately before I could even finish answering the question, he goes, oh, the best part of that is Jesus lets him walk away. And I, th- I thought, whoa, yeah. Jesus lets him walk away. My friend said, Jesus doesn't bargain with him. He doesn't see that the rich young ruler is disheartened and sorrowful and, you know, kind of hanging his head and, and walking back. And Jesus doesn't stop him and say, okay, 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 um, 90%. Give away 90% of what you own. Give it to the poor and then come follow me. We'll use the 10% to promote my ministry. He doesn't say, hey, give away 80% of what you have and, and then we'll, we'll take the 20%. You keep 10 and then we'll keep 10 for the ministry and then you come follow me and you get eternal life. He, Jesus lets him walk away. And then Jesus continues on his journey as well. Jesus is not going to force you to be the person you know you should be. Jesus is not going to require you to behave in a certain manner. Jesus isn't going to drag and pull and push you into the kingdom of heaven. Actually, Jesus' grace goes so deep that Jesus will let you walk away. You don't have to do the things that you know you should do. You don't have to be the person you know you should be. You can actually go the opposite way, and actually, I think that that's grace. It's a hard grace. Many of you may know this just being parents. You can't force your kids to go the way that you want them to go. I don't know anything about parenting yet, but I know that my daughter has a mind of her own. And there's going to be no making her be the person that I hope she becomes. Jesus 
will let you walk away from those things. I think the question that I had this week was, what am I walking away from? What is Jesus allowing me to walk away from? What are those things that I know I need to do in my life, conversations I need to have, people I need to see, thing, whatever it is, what are those things that no one's going to force me to do? What are those things in your life? Those things you wish someone would force you to do, right? I wish someone would force me to get up and exercise regularly, but it's not, it's not going to happen. I wish someone would force me to be more compassionate in every moment. I wish I had more grace in every interaction that I have. What are those things in your life that no one's going to force you to do, not even Jesus? Friends, the truth of the gospel is that the, the, the good news is that God has come and loves us all and forgives us all and invites us all into the kingdom of heaven. But the other side of that truth, too, is that the grace runs so deep that Jesus will let us walk away. I think we need to think about that. We don't have to be the people we know we should be. We don't have to be the church that we hope we would be. Jesus will let us walk away. Let's pray. Good and loving God, thank you for this time together. And God, thank you for the story of the rich young ruler. And God, I pray that as we meditate on this story, You would show us your grace and your love and give us the courage to be the people you are calling us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.